I want to speak to you this morning about releasing God's prayer through intercession. It was about, I'm going to guess it was about six or seven years ago, I spoke part of this message on a Sunday night, and I had a couple people come to me and say, you really need to speak that on a Sunday morning. And I said, well, the Lord really wanted me to do it tonight, at least I thought so. And so as I was asking the Lord what to speak about this morning, the Lord brought that back to mind. And so I want to give to you in part, but also some things added to it that we didn't cover that night about intercession and releasing God's power through intercession. James tells us we have not because we ask not. I'm a firm believer in that. There have been times in my past where I asked not and I wasn't going to receive until it was given to me and, and I was told you really need to ask if you need these things. And so when I read that in James, I thought, wow, that's so true. We also have a verse where um, we're invited to bring our petitions before God. That's our a petition is a, a list, and it's a list with a, with a divine request attached to it and faith with expectation attached to it. And we're told to bring our petitions before God. These are all things on the personal level, but what I want to talk to you about this morning is intercession. Intercession is more than that. Intercession still requires faith, as petitions do, as asking does. Intercession is the asking, and intercession involves prayer. Intercession also involves getting in the middle of something that's wrong with the intent of making it right. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would be pleased by the words of your servant this morning. Lord, I'm coming to you in faith, asking for you, Holy Spirit, to bless each one, Lord, in the reading and in the hearing and the application. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name only, amen. Would you turn with me? Or read on the screen Isaiah 59, verses 14 through 19. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the street. Does any of this ring a bell? Equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth. And he that departeth from evil makes himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, thank God, therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him. And His righteousness, it sustained Him. I love it. God's righteousness sustains Him. For He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon His head, and He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. All right. Interesting Scripture, isn't it? Have you read this one before? I trust you have. 
May it be brought back to your remembrance this morning. May it burn in your heart. Intercession. When you bring up intercession among today's crowd, it can mean so many different things. It can mean uh, maybe a picture in your mind of, of, a, of a worship meeting where people are crying out to God. Intercede, O oh Lord. Maybe your mind goes back to all-night prayer vigils. You ever had one of those? That's pretty cool stuff, by the way. I've done those before. All-night prayer sessions. Not too many. Okay, I don't want anybody to think I'm any higher than what I really am. You probably know better than that. don't need that disclaimer. But, uh, you know, we need sleep. But there are times when you can't sleep, and there are more important things to do. And maybe intercession brings that up in your mind. Maybe a time of fasting and prayer where you are fasting for a divine, a divine appointment and power to break bondage in Jesus' name. That's intercession. Intercession in this sense, well, it's gone now, but intercession in the Scripture that we just read is primarily for civil justice. For civil justice in this sense. And God was looking over His nation Israel and He saw that truth was falling in the street. That there was no justice. And that if you were doing good things, you became the bad person. That's why it says, the one that departs from evil becomes prey. P-R-E-Y. You become the one that is attacked. I have received that. You have received that. Where you have had bad things thrown at you and you are the one accused of doing wrong when you had not. In other times, you went and you troubled evil, and evil called you trouble. In the same day, Ahab, the days of Ahab and Jezebel, Ahab saw, saw the prophet Elijah coming from a distance, and he says, is that you who troubles Israel? That's exactly what Isaiah is talking about here. There needs to be intercession. Well, you see, all these things don't trouble God. They do not trouble Him whatsoever. You know what troubles God? When there is no intercessor. When He looks around and He can't find anybody who cares enough. Too many people love their own lives and will not love God more than their lives. And so they shy away for the trouble that it could cause Hello, that's called corruption. Corruption. There's much corruption with believers in the culture that they live in. Charlevoix is no different and probably just as bad as ever, anyone else. When believers begin to live like the world rather than live according to the heavenly mandate and go out there and intercede, intervene, on the social scale of justice, at the very least. And even worse, are not on the heavenly scale as required. And so I want to bring to you, submit this to you, that God's expectation for us is to be intercessors. Intercession is not a gift that God gives. 
Intercession is not for a special couple of people who show up like back in the days when we had every Tuesday night. That group of people that would show up, that you know, they are not to be lifted any higher than anybody else. But neither are they to be looked at as intercessors as if they are the intercessor and you aren't. I want to light a fire of zeal under you. Maybe you have been a quiet intercessor. That's okay. You can be a quiet intercessor. But maybe you, you need to be a little less shy about it. God is not wanting us to be timid about intercession on the prayer scale or on the earthly scale. He does not want us to be timid. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. What's the first one mentioned? Dunamis. Dunamis means miracles. Dunamis is the word from which we have gotten the English word dynamite. God wants you to be intercession dynamite. He wants you to intervene. He wants you to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. When there's a hole in the fence, He wants you to mend it to keep the evil out in Jesus' name. Have you ever hopped in the middle of a fight? The proverb says not to grab a dog by the ears. I want to tell you that it's a little different when people are fighting. You don't go in and grab somebody by the ears. But what you do is you stand in the middle and say, this evil will cease in the name of Jesus. Intercession is for the halting of injustice. That's what that scripture in Isaiah 59 talks. It's a halting of, of injustice. It's a halting of innocent bloodshed. It is a halting of evil. It has been said, you've heard it, you've quoted it, and I'm sorry I can't tell you who said it. Evil triumphs when good men do nothing. To whom much is given, much is required. And every one of us, it is, it, is, it is given to a steward, you and I, stewards of dunamis, stewards of compassion, stewards of a zeal for righteousness, that we, first of all, tend that flame very carefully, because without that flame, you won't care. We are stewards to make sure that as the Lord in that last verse of, of uh, it was in that last verse of Isaiah 59, was it verse, the one we just read, that uh, the part where it says zeal at the end, um, his, his, his zeal as a cloak. Zeal as a cloak. Are you wearing it? Maybe, maybe there are some older ones in here of which I'm going to say older means 50 plus. That puts me firmly qualified to participate in that group. There have been times over the last couple of years where 30 years of pastoring has just, told, just taken its toll on me, and there have been times where the Lord has set us down in a very, very, the most beautiful 10 acres I've ever seen in my life. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm reminded that that is a place where I go after I am out fighting the battles for the Lord out in the community. That is not a place for me to live. The sanctuary is a place where we come in, receive a word, that receive fire of God. We go out of here, we sustain it through the week, and we do what God has put us to do 
The Lord has set you down right where you belong and for you to be active. Active. I was tempted to think one morning and, and just walking around out in my garden, Lord, in my younger days, and the Lord said, What? Are you talking to me about old? The ancient of days? Sorry, Lord, I'm just a young one. And then he read a verse. The Lord has the Bible memorized. You better watch out because if you say something and you don't remember a certain verse, He will surely preach to you. And the Lord preached to me. And this is what He told me. And this is for you this morning. 2 Corinthians 4.16 Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Old Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Your inward, your spirit man does not grow old. So if you're sitting here thinking, you know, back in those days, I did all that. I've been there. I've put in my time. That's bad thinking. I've been there. I'll leave it to the younger ones. That's their turn. Oh, I don't have the energy. My time has passed. I declare to you that now, now is the season to intercede. And beyond your borders, beyond your tent space, intercede. The Lord calls upon your heart to pick it up again. He is waiting for you. And maybe we think that intercession is not necessary in this day and age so much as what some are making it out to be. And they say, well, intercession is, oh, why all this intercession stuff? Why this and about intercession? I don't know about that. I, it's not. The problem with some of that is bad thinking, bad theology, just bad theology. Well, whatever the Lord's going to do, He's going to do. Is that true? It's not. Why then does He call us to intercede? Why then does He give us the power of the new covenant as sons and daughters to say, that ain't right, Daddy, go and show them what's right. And then He expects you to be helping in that a little bit. There's bad theology that says that God, He is He's Almighty Sovereign, so if, if evil takes place, that's part of His will. Is it? It isn't. Some of that is case sarah sarah kind of theology. And it has no place in the truth of Scripture for a people that are called to intercede, to intervene in the evil world in the dark times in which we live. Bad theology. Maybe you're sitting and thinking, ah, intercession, I don't know if I've got anything left in the tank to give. Gas up! That fuel is free. If not now, when? You want to run out of gas and just stall by the roadside? Wait for the rapture? Get back in the race! 
You are renewed day by day in the most important part of you. If you are breathing, you are an intercessor. Why am I so excited about this? It's because of what the word intercession means. In the Old Testament rendering, it means to impinge, which also means to sharply collide. Sharply collide. You don't crash with nothing sitting by the roadside with an empty tank. Get filled up! Whoo! Somebody preached this thing for me this morning. Huh? You are called to pray first for your family. Men, don't leave intercession up to the women folk. <laughs> you get in on it. You lead the way in it. You tell the devil what is and the way it's going to be. You draw the line and say, this far and no more. Oh, it'll make you unpopular with your kids? It'll make you unpopular with your grandkids. But when you are away from this earth, when you leave it behind and you see the Lord face to face, those that were behind you will say, Grandpa was a godly man. Mm -hmm. You know full well that prophets are not without honor save in their own hometown. Dads, be the prophet of your family. Not just the high priest. Be a prophet in your family, declaring the Word of the Lord over your family. And it is biblical to have prophetesses. Grandmas, support those godly grandpas. Love them, lift them up, and watch them go. Wind them up with love and grace and watch them go. Intercession, it is God's expectation of us. It is God's expectation of us in prayer to intercede, to intervene, to sharply collide. Who are we colliding with? Oh, we wrestle not with flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers, regions, the powers of darkness that is around us. This is what we wrestle against. And your intercession causes causes in the unseen world, in the eternal realm, causes a sharp collision. Boom! Sharp collision. <laughs> God loves that. The Lord wants evil to be wrecked in your midst as badly as you do. So kick out the case, Sarah, Sarah kind of theology. Now the young ones here won't have a clue what I'm saying, but those of you who used to listen to Doris Day, I was just a little boy, but I remember that. And the theology in Calvinist circles rules this area that we live in. It has crept in among churches and robbed churches of intercession. Jesus is our intercessor. He sits at the right hand of the Father. It says this in Hebrews. He sits at the right hand of the Father ever making intercession. Jesus is a preacher. He's an intercessor. We're hearing a lot today about the friend that he is. I trust you have found that. But that's not something I'm going to camp around when evil is threatening 
to rule the world. It was some years back. It was just pestering me really bad. Uh, you know, and I was saying, Lord, Lord, why am I so frustrated? And it happened to be on the day of prayer. And the, the, it was uh, over in Boyne City at Memorial Park. Um, and we were gathered with all the pastors in the area, and we were praying. And I, was, I couldn't pray. I was just so miserable on the inside. And I thought, oh, this is nothing but Holy Ghost misery here. Lord, Lord. Lord, I don't know what you're going to do, but I need to be more involved with community. <laughs> I love it when that happens. In less than 24 hours, he puts me right in the middle of probate court, helping the probation officers with the juveniles in our area that are troubled with the teen drug addicts in your communities in Charlevoix County and in Emmett County. I couldn't believe how quick that took place. And this is what I felt like. I felt like, Lord, I'm on enemy turf. Not in the courts. I mean in the homes. I've seen demonic manifestations. I've knocked on a door out drug screening. Yes, I was one of those guys. Somebody's got to do it. Knocking on the door, and the mom came to the door, and the mom came to the door. It was, it was on that day that the world calls Devil's Day, Devil's Night. But i got to tell you, it's devil's night. If you're not a believer, that's the way it is all the time. So we walk around looking for our adversary where he's involved. And we are here to wreck the kingdom of darkness. Jesus destroyed the works of the enemy. He destroyed them so we can now work on the earth and do some destruction of our own for the kingdom of God. Amen? But when I, I open that door, here's a woman standing there. And, and I mean, it was like... An, it was like the gates of hell opened and exhaled on me. I've never felt that before. I mean, your discernment does not have to say, Lord, what was that? I mean, boom, it was there, you know. And, 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 I, and I went in, and the things that I saw in that home that were taking place, and young man did his business, I did my business, got out. And I sat in the car and I looked at Sherry, my partner, and I said, Sherry, I said, I can't believe what just happened. Now, I knew Sherry to be a believer. And I was pretty new in the, in the business. And, uh, and I began to tell her what I just saw. And she's, she just like, wow. There was nothing that I could write down. We are the eyes and the ears of, of the court. And there was nothing there that I could write down except that they wouldn't understand, except just a few things. But what God showed me was that there needs to be a train wreck in that home for righteousness. The mom that opened the door, she's dead. She died of a drug overdose in a motel room, a cheap motel room. When I saw that, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't shocked. I said, oh, God, you just will not listen to me. I went back there a couple more times, and I was able to share things with her. I've known her for years. And that's when the Lord began to show me that each one of us, each one of us are dropped in behind enemy lines. Are any of you familiar with the paratroopers in World War II? 
There's a series on the History Channel called Band of Brothers. And in watching that, uh, Dick Winters, who was, he wrote a book, got the book at home. Someday I'll read it or finish it. Uh, Dick Winters was the, pretty much the, um, the star of that, of that paratroops unit. And, and uh, he was being sent in with his unit. They were, they were being sent in behind enemy lines to fight in the Battle of the Bulge. And his... And Captain Winters at that time was looked at upon his, his colonel looked at him and says, Dick, I want to tell you the way it is. You're going to be surrounded. And you know what Dick Winters said? He said, we're paratroopers. We're supposed to be surrounded. Huh? That'll preach. We are born again believers, intercessors carrying the dunamis of heaven. He is supposed to have us surrounded by the enemy. Not by believers all the time. So go out of here and live holy lives for souls. Live a separate life from them. Don't look like them. Don't sound like them. Don't have the same urges I'm talking to young people now. I hear Christian music that sounds like KHQ. And oh, I get so tired of KHQ. It plays on our bus all the time. It's like... <laughs> and then I hear Christian music on Smile FM that sounds just like it. And I see young believing men wearing their pants down. No. Wearing flat bills st- sticking straight up like this. You know, I, I'm still a redneck. I wear my cap with the, you know, bent down around, you know, and, and, I, and I'm the only one on the bus except one young man. He's also a hunting redneck, and, and he wears his hat like that. And I said, that's cool, man. That's cool. And so the other day I thought I'd be funny. I'd flatten that bill out and I'd put it up there like this just to see what kind of a reaction. They saw me playing with my hat, and I'm getting that thing just as straight. I mean, you could, you could draw a straight line with it on a piece of paper. It was that straight. My bill was that straight, and I loosened it up, come down to my ears. And, I, and what I did was I wore it like they do. They wear it on the back of their head like it's ready to fall off, and it's sticking boop, straight up like this. And so I'm sitting in the back of the bus, and they, and they all start, look at Rip. He's wearing a flat bill. Look at flat bill Rip. Look at him, and I smiled, and I took my hat, and I said, no, no. So I bent it back down and shoved it on my hat, back on my head, and it looked like the way I wanted to wear it. But you know what? The Lord is calling us to live separate lives. And he's calling us to be intercession, not just intercede, because there is the social part of it along with the praying part of it. Now, I want to take you in the next couple minutes into into the heavenly realm if you want to go there. You want to go there with me? Let's go into the heavenly realm. Go to Revelations 5, the book of Revelation. The revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And Revelation, it says in chapter 5, 
John says, Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain. Who's the lamb? Jesus. Standing in the center of the throne and circled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns. If you're turning there, I love the sound of pages. Revelations 5. Five, we're going to be working on verses 6 through 8. Read a little bit further, and it says that, he says, He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and He took the scroll from the right hand of Him who sat on the throne. And when He had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp. And they are holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. John the Revelator wanted to make it very clear that it didn't just say bowls of incense, but rather the bowls of prayers that have been saved for millennia, centuries, decades, years, months, weeks, days. Hours, minutes, seconds of all history, of every prayer that is said in terms of intercession with a divine inspiration and expectation that God's going to answer. Now this, it says each one had golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Now in context, in context, This was the very opening scene prior to the release of judgment which is going to trouble the whole earth. This is not tribulation. This is great tribulation. There are people that have a little bit of tribulation going on even in our own country and we think it's great tribulation. Wrong. Don't get the two mixed up. When we're talking about troubles... In the book of Revelation, it's not the troubles to believers. We are not appointed to wrath. I believe in a rapture. But to me, it is not something I look forward to. I believe it is something that God is going to catch me away with. But I'm going to be watching in terms of the way I live my life. I'm going to be watching in terms of living a holy life. But I'm going to be watching in terms of doing God's work. We are to occupy until what? More. We are to occupy until what? Until He comes. That term occupy was used a lot in World War II. Occupy is a military term in this sense as well. That we are to occupy as the army of God on this earth. So what do we do? Are we behind the lines all the time? Last week I brought to you the thought that the the effectiveness of a combat unit is not gauged by how many show up in the mess hall. The effectiveness of the unit is what they are doing, first of all, out on maneuvers, but when they are dropped behind enemy lines, surrounded by the gates of hell, that the gates of hell will not prevail against. We are to take this fight to the gates of hell. This 
This is what fills those golden bowls of incense. Your prayers, my prayers, your intercession, my intercession is filling those bowls. This will not take place until those bowls are full. And then when all the believers are taken up out of the earth, then the trouble starts. I mean bad stuff, folks. Rapture is a wonderful thing. But I'm not standing around wishing it would happen right now. When I look at other believers that are losing their lives for their faith, who are dying in persecution. In North Korea, they get up at 4 a.m., and we'll meet together in little places here and there just to have another person to stand with them and intercede for revival in their nation. And if they are caught, they are in prison for the rest of their lives or they're killed. Those that there is a revival. How many of you have heard this? This is absolutely true that there is a revival of the Lord Jesus Christ being revealed and taking place in the Muslim world right now. You better believe it is. And if they are caught, they are killed. Keep that in context for what I'm about to tell you. Here's the American Christian. I'm using a particular woman in mind in what happened back in 08 when Obama was elected president. The very next morning, the first morning after counting the votes and Obama declared the winner, this a woman looked at me and she says, Pastor Rip, Pastor Rip, I thought the rapture was supposed to happen. I'm like, uh, why do you say that? The Antichrist has just been elected. All of the trouble that's going on. I was told the rapture was supposed to happen before all this was going to take place. I, I don't understand. I looked at her and I said, tell that to the families over in Sudan. Tell that to the families that are that are being that are having to watch their children's arms being cut off and their legs cut off, lying, screaming, and bleeding to death, telling them that they, they will have peace in their life if they denounce Jesus and take up being a Muslim again. Go tell them. American Christianity has become a strange beast of its own. We are not ready for tribulation much how much more so great tribulation. We are not ready for it. Jesus is coming back for a bride that is without spot and without wrinkle. Without spot means we are not stained by the blemishes of ongoing sin that we just refuse to repent from. Wrinkle means being ready for a wedding and showing up, ladies, showing up as a bride in your wedding dress, and it's got wrinkles on it, like it had just been stuffed in a wet clothes hamper for three days before putting it on and walking the aisle to meet your groom. Without spot, without wrinkle, means we are ready. We are clean. We are ready for the wedding feast of the Lamb. The American church is neither. I'm sorry. It's not. I think there's a little bit that needs to be done 
before we can think about being whisked away. And if that happens to be on your mind, then there are other things that need to be on your mind more. Saving souls in your family as well as those around you. We are here to intercede, to fill those bowls up. Now, why bowls of incense? Why bowls of incense? Well, let's think about this for a minute. We like Christmas time, don't we? How about when you smell a pine tree? Does it remind you of Christmas a little bit? How about, let's try another one. Smelling of gunpowder, hearing of booms, you know, that reminds me of hunting, okay? Really quick. There, we are geared this way. This is the way the Lord made us, that when we smell things, it brings back memories. When we smell things, it's, you're immediately taken. Does this happen to you, or am I the only one? Happens to you too, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you think the Lord is like that? You better believe it. And when these bowls come out, when these bowls come out and they're presented just prior to judgment time, where the very thing that God created is going to be waylaid, wasted, tribulation against his own precious, precious people, Israel, and around the world, people that he has loved and that he has spoken to, that he's given his life for, that he is everything of the long-suffering nature of the Lord God himself, slow to anger, full of mercy, full of grace. And now he's going to do something that other people will look at and say, that's not God. What did we read again in Isaiah 59? It says his zeal sustains him. His zeal for righteousness sustains him. Sustains him. But this is pretty over the top. I'm glad I'm not in charge on that day. And before all of these judgments take place that John is going to be, be seeing beforehand, before they take place, out come bowls of incense. Later on in, in, the, in the chapter, it, it talks about, in the next chapter, it talks about those who were beheaded for their faith, the martyrs, calling out from under the altar of God saying, How long, O Lord? How long before the judge of the world? How long, O God? You see, He is the last person that wants to judge this world because He is the one who knows what needs to be done. And so just before the four horsemen of the apocalypse are released to bring judgments upon the earth, before that, before that machinery called the Great Tribulation begins, it will never end until it does everything the Lord said it would do. Before all of that takes place, one last moment of peace. As all of the prayers that have gone out before God saying, Save us. 
All of the innocent bloodshed of all of the earth, beginning with Abel, right on to the babies that are aborted daily to the tune of 4,000 here in the United States, only to sex trafficking where young ladies, girls, are taken away, kidnapped. You see the movie Taken? If you haven't, I suggest you do. It'll get your intercession going. I recommend that movie. Do what you need to do to find out the evil that is taking place if your intercession is not cranking up. You know what got, got God's intercession cranking up? He's gonna, he, is gonna, he is on a timetable with that destructive moment when He releases those four horsemen. That's going to be the end of intercession. That's where God intervenes. Our time is done. He's going to take over. But beforehand, the last, the last moment of peace, the last moment of reflection to remind God, yes, I will remember every cry over thousands of years of the innocent. The death of my people. The persecution of my people for doing righteousness. And these bulls are brought in by the elders. It's incense. What does incense do? It makes you remember. So I want to do this this morning. I want this to encourage you to keep praying because the bowls aren't full yet. And I want you to be ready to intervene whenever you see something wrong going on around you. Speak up! Speak up! Say, that's not right. I don't care if they believe in the Bible or not. I don't care if they believe in God or not. I am told that on a daily basis. Oh, Rip, we don't believe in God. I said, I don't care. God still believes in you, and His Word is true. One young man was complaining about having to be watched in respite care by a godly woman. They were calling her that old lady, and I said, hey, wait a minute. Next time that you're with her, why don't you ask her to prophesy over you? Oh, I am such a troublemaker to the devil. Am I being haughty? No! Am I not in good company here? Give the kingdom of darkness some trouble. Get out of your foxhole and give him some trouble. That is intercession. Pray without ceasing. Pray for righteousness. Pray for God's will to be done through you. And it will. Pray that heaven is brought to earth. That you see signs and wonders and miracles happening in this day. It's not your, it is not your business to make it happen. Your business is to leave an avenue open for the Holy Spirit to make it happen. And you just watch what He does. The Lord loves it when we take a risk. Even as Abraham took a risk with a knife ready to plunge into his only son. He took a risk that he was hearing from God. Take a risk when you see someone hurting, someone sick, someone limping. Take a risk and say, my God can heal that. Take a risk. Have you done that? That's intercession. Does a thought come into your mind looking at a stranger in a grocery store somewhere 
or somewhere at the, down, downtown or, or somewhere at Kmart. I can't say Walmart or Myers. Kmart. Okay, that's a little more local. Answer it. Just go to the person and say, you know what? Hi, my name is, you know, and tell them your name. And, and I, you know, I just wanted to, to just encourage you with this. And, and by the way, I keep having this thought, does this mean anything? And watch your eyes go, wow. Do you know the Holy Spirit is in you and wanting, wanting so badly to touch them through you? You are not retired. I got in really big trouble when I said I was some, uh, as a retired pastor. So you're not retired. That's with you all the time. I said, oh, I know. And then I then I upped it a little bit and I said, I'm semi-retired. And okay, so I'm not so retired anymore. Don't use the too old thing to me. I'm sorry. I'm. I don't like that. When the Lord has His time to take you up to Him, make the devil go. Phew, I'm sure glad they're gone. Instead of him going, yeah, boy, I beat him up every time he was here. Whoa. He went into heaven all discouraged and beat up. Whoa. You know, you can turn that around real quick. By this morning, making the decision to be an intercessor. Would you do that with me? No altar call this morning, but I will call upon you to alter your call. We need altered calls. And this morning we have believers all over the place here. I know everybody. We are a family this morning, amen? The good thing about family is that we're family. Sometimes the bad thing about family is that we're family. We can't get rid of each other. So let's love each other, amen? Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you make a declaration with me this morning? Every head up, every eye open, and everybody looking around. Say this with me if you would, if you dare. Lord, I'm not done. Hell will tremble this week because I ain't even getting started. I will not quit. I will team with you. I will not be discouraged. I will move in God this week. In Jesus' name, bringing heaven to earth. Father, thank you. You heard that. The enemy heard it. Lord, we pray for earth to be as it is in heaven. Glory to God. Father, I pray for energio, that wonderful word that Paul used that means energy. Lord, I pray for godly energy to everyone in this place to be touched by the fire of God. And when they go out of here, to have an effect on the kingdom of God, walking in faith though they see nothing happening. Oh, there's lots happening. God, that you would boost their faith to see beyond the veil, to see those bowls being filled. We have a call to that. Lord, encourage them with that. That, Lord, indeed, you hear and store and keep every prayer. Hallelujah. I pray for bondage to be broken in Jesus' name. Habits to be broken in Jesus' name. In the midst, in this place, right now.
In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And all the people said, Amen. God bless you as you go.